Welcome to episode 14 of the Champs and Chums podcast. I'm Anthony. And I'm Ashton. Father-son fun talk on sports, life, and friendship. Coming up on episode 14, ready, set, hut. We'll take the field with Canada's most accomplished father-son sports duo, football superstars Neil and Jesse Lumsden. Can you name Halloween-inspired teams and athletes? Join us for a sports spooktacular doubleheader featuring our award-winning gold, silver, bronze selections. And we'll head for home on episode 14 with our special segments, All Pro Go, a Did You Know Sports Spotlight, and Champs and Chums, our personal salutes to our stars on and off the field. That's all coming up on episode 14 of the Champs and Chums podcast. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening. Welcome back to Champs and Chums. Happy October, everybody. And Ashton, how are you, man? Good. That's great. And, and actually, October is a pretty special month for us, right? Um, this is, ladies and gentlemen and listeners at home, as you know, this is our one-year anniversary episode. Fist bumps for that, Ashton. So how do you think about one year of Champs and Chums here in this October? I think um, we've done a lot of stuff and... Just from starting to going to the Brampton Library and just um, going in a recording studio, now we're at home because of the pandemic. But um, we're we're still improving, and we are um, getting better at, you know, how we can do stuff and how, you know, we plan stuff. Well, you know, those are some great words, champs and chum words, right? I mean, we continually try to improve. It's a monthly podcast. We're trying to do some different things. We've had an amazing lineup of guests, uh, some absolute brilliant guests right from episode uh, one and right through to episode 14. Uh, And what do you want to thank the listeners as well, too, eh, for all of their great support? Um, What do you want to say to all the fans of champs and chums on this anniversary episode, Ashton? I want to say thank you for them not listening to us because um, that is a lot of support and that my school, the value voucher of the month is supportiveness. So it kind of matches. And um, and sorry, you said something at school, the value, what was that? Voucher. So basically you have, it's house leaks. Like, so you have cheetahs, pan- panthers, tigers and lions whoever gets the most house points actually they they uh win the i don't know round tree cup thing and then they they uh they uh they make like different subjects well that's great and it's so great that uh you know those are spirit days right that you have go ahead yeah um yeah those are spirit days and um I won a no. I won a student of the month for um 
I want a student for the month of uh, for hard work. Well, that's amazing. You know, uh, one, another uh, topic we talk about a lot and hear from our great guests that we've had on Champs and Chums. And, you know, I should just echo your sentiments. Thank you, everybody, for your great support of Champs and Chums. Now a, a year under our belt and, uh, you know, we'll keep things going uh you know, step by step, Ashton, and uh, we hope we can get to some even greater places that's already been great to date. And so um, speaking of great to date, Ashton, right? I mean, you know, October is a, a great time of the year because the leaves are changing. It's fall sports. We actually had the fall classic baseball as we we're recording uh, episode 14 here, a great world series. And obviously fall is football. But, I mean, uh, ladies and gentlemen, listeners at home, for later on in the program, uh, we've got our best of segment with some Canadian football superstars, Ashton. Why don't you tell the, the fans a little sneak peek about that here in episode 14? Uh, so they, they, um, so it's uh, father and son, and... Uh, father and son, yeah, and yeah. football superstars, Neil and Jesse Lumsden are on, on the show, and... Uh, that was a gr- great conversation that we want to urge the listeners to, uh, to to check out, eh? Yeah. What was so great about that chat with them? It's because I've never talked to them, and when when I got into the conversation a bit more, I felt a little a little bit a, a bit more confident than I was. Well, and you should, and boy oh boy though, their resume of accomplishments. I mean, we'll go into it and take a listen for that, but it it is uh, extraordinary and championship indeed. So check that out a bit later on our episode. But uh, Ashton, it's October. It's a celebrate a celebratory month too, because actually there's a special uh, event that happens on October 31st, right? Uh, what's that? It's Halloween. That's right. And Halloween, well, Halloween's going to be a little different this year, but folks yeah. at home and listeners of episode 14 here in Champs and Chums, we thought it was great to bring something Halloween inspired, eh, Ashton, to our show? Yeah, I th- uh, we thought about it and uh, we said we should do it because um, it is, it's almost Halloween. Well, yeah, and actually this, this uh, recording actually is going to drop on the, the actual day of, uh, of Halloween as, as it's scheduled. And, it's five uh, days. Halloween is five, at, five days away? Well, yeah, at the time of recording, when, when people listen to this, actually, uh, you know, it'll be first dropped on, on Halloween day. So how appropriate is that? Nothing scary or spooky about that, eh? Yeah, it's nothing really. <laughs> All right, but let's get into it, because as I promised everybody... We are going to have a father-son free-for-all segments, as we always do on Champs and Chums. And we are going to, first off, Ashton, award our gold, silver, bronze for Halloween-inspired sports teams. So this could be some of maybe the scariest or frightful kind of uh, uh, sports team names that you may or may not know. But um, Ashton, what do you think of that? Are you getting scared thinking about this or, or even talking about it? I'm actually kind of scared. Oh, goodness. Well, happy Halloween, everybody. Let's go get going, Ashton. Father-son free-for-all round one. Ashton, your bronze selection. My bronze selection is the Ghost Ballers. The Ghost Ballers. Goodness. And and tell tell the fans at home, because that, I believe, is a big three. Um, it's like kind of like a, a minor pro uh, league, right? Yep. It's basketball. Yep. Great stuff. Well, the the Ghost Ballers is their name. And uh, anything you want to share about, uh, special about the Ghost Ballers? Sure. 
Um, they were found in the 22nd of February in 2017. Yeah. And their location is in the United States. That's right. And, and just for pictures and descriptions, because we are kind of doing like talk radio here, what's the colors of these logo that they have here? This this scary kind of looking ghost baller logo. It's kind of like the Sacramento Kings. It's uh, purple and white. Yeah, it's got some purple. It's got some white. It's got some gray. Well, that's downright scary. And did you know that the ghost ballers, Ashton, has a former great NBA player? That's uh, a little bit longer in the tooth now, but still playing. And that's Mike Bibby. Mike Bibby, um, who actually starred uh, for 14 seasons in the NBA. He's on this this three-on-three team. And did you know that the head coach is George the Iceman Gervin? Did you know that? No, I did not know. Well, we learn something every day here on Champs and Chumps. So that's Ashton's bronze medal for Halloween-inspired sports teams. That is the Ghost Ballers. Okay, over to Dad here on the other end of the broadcast uh, table. And my, Ashton, my Halloween-inspired bronze medal goes to the Louisville Bats. Now that's kind of a kind of a fun play on words because when you think of baseball, you think of bats. But what what bats are we talking about here? We're talking about the Halloween bats that fly in the air at night. Oh goodness! And again, just to give you pictures, pictures and descriptions, this bat looks kind of scary. So I'm sure when this team, who's a minor league AAA team that started in 1982, um, their current uh, the current farm team to the Cincinnati Reds, previous. Uh, affiliates to the Milwaukee Brewers and the St. Louis Cardinals. But yes, the Louisville Bats is my bronze medal for Halloween-inspired sports teams. Ashton, over to you with your silver medal. My silver medal is the Cleveland Monsters. Wow. And is that a scary-looking logo or what uh yeah, ashton describe scary. it because we're kind of doing talk radio here what uh what does it look like so there's this monster that has one eye out it's staring <laughs> yes and yeah. it's in a it's in like a uh stream or like a pond yeah Good. So, so i'm gonna tell you some facts about them please do um they are in the ahl and uh, their conf- their conference is Eastern, and um, they were founded in 1994. That's right. They were originally an International Hockey League team. Some of you great sports fans out there would know about that. And uh, former NHL player Mike Eaves is a head coach. But yeah, Ashton, you were talking earlier about this, this really scary-looking... Um, Munster that's almost coming out of the water. I know why they've called it the Cleveland uh, Munsters then. Because that actually, I believe, is a body of water. I believe that is Lake Erie. The Munster is coming out of Lake Erie. Boo. Oh, I get it. You get it? Because, you know, um, the mistake by the lake, as they used to call it, at the old Jacobs Field, I believe. But uh, anyhow, that's Ashton's uh, silver medal for Halloween-inspired sports teams, the Cleveland Munsters. Okay, Ashton, uh, my turn. And this one actually is a bit closer to home. And I've got a good story about this one as well, too. My silver medal for Halloween-inspired sports teams is the Toronto Phantoms. Ashton, take a look at that logo. Describe it for the listeners. And uh, I'll tell them a little story after we're done there. The Toronto Phantoms. So just tell them here in the mic. 
like that. Uh, so it looks like hmm, it's hard to see because. Well, it's a phantom for sure. And it yeah. almost looks like it's got kind of like an axe to grind with somebody with that tool <laughs> that they have in their hand there. Very scary looking. But here's the story. Dad Silver Medal, Toronto Phantoms. I actually went to a game. This is an arena football league team. They actually played some games out of the Air Canada Centre when I was with Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment with the Leafs. And I, I got some tickets to go. And uh, a good chum of mine, my uncle, I took my Uncle Mike. You remember Uncle Mike? Yeah. Shout out to Uncle Mike. Uh, we went to this game. Boy, it might have been back like in 1998 because this Arena Football League team, uh, everyone, was from 1997 to 2002. It was owned by Rogers at the time. And um, it had two playoff appearances, uh, the Toronto Phantoms, 2000 and 2001. And so that's it. That's a Toronto-based team that your dad had a little story with. It was a great game. It was a quick game. It was a fast game, as is arena football. But that is my silver medal for Halloween-inspired sport teams. Okay, Ashton, over to you. I wish I had a drum roll, uh, but here is your gold medal. Go ahead. So uh, this is uh, close to home as well. It's the Brampton Beast. Amazingly ferocious on Halloween-inspired sports teams, the Brampton Beast. Now, uh, good stuff. Oh, yeah, fist bump for sure, man. Now, you got a lot of stories of the Brampton Beast, right? It actually involves champs and chums because we had a special guest on the show. But uh, why don't you share a little bit about your, your great love not fear for the Brampton Beast and the story that connects us to Champs and Chums and the Brampton Beast. So, uh, I don't know. We went to uh, we went to uh, lots of Beast games, me and my dad, and um, and um, it it was it was fun, but but you got fist bumps with the players, and we mm-hmm. also, of course, Ashton, you remember episode twelve. Yep. Right? Who did we have on episode 12 that was actually representing this team in such a big and brave way? We had Jordan Henry. That's right. Shout out to a friend of the show, Jordan Henry, uh, for uh, joining us on the program. But yes, the Brampton Beast and ECHL team still actually participating in uh, the city of Brampton. They're uh, the affiliate, Ashton, of the, um, of the uh, Ottawa Senators, right? So that, and it, explain the, the, the logo, actually, while, while we're the at it. The logo is like a beast, and he's holding a hockey stick, and his, like, teeth are out, and they're very sharp, and, uh... Looks pretty scary. Yeah, it looks scary to me. <laughs> well, not scary at all for us Bramptonians, because we've been to many games, had a lot of fun, great family entertainment over it. Well, at the time, actually, when I was a season seat holder, Ashton, it was the Powerade Center. But now it's the C's, uh, the uh, CAA Center, and we're uh, so glad to support the uh, the Brampton Beast. Good stuff. All right, now it's Dad's uh, turn for um, my gold medal. And this I, I take now to the hockey uh, ice arena. My gold medal for Halloween-inspired sports teams, the legendary hockey team in East Rutherford, the New Jersey Devils. That's right, everybody. The New Jersey Devils, founded in 1974, in fact, were formerly the Colorado Rockies and the Kansas City Scouts before they turned over into this uh, devilish um, squad, the New Jersey Devils. Of course, um, they play out of the Prudential Center now. 
and they've had uh, obviously some uh, some great um, success in the National Hockey League. Ashton, uh, three Stanley Cups in '94, '95, '99, 2000, and of course 2002, 2003. The New Jersey Devils is Dad's uh, Halloween-inspired uh, sports team. And what do you think about the logo, Ashton? I think it's very scary because they have like a uh, a devil tail at the bottom. And they have like a, I don't know, like a demon, like. <laughs> yeah. I, it I it ain't a wrench. It, it ain't no wrench on that logo. It's uh, it's 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 kind of devilish looking, but uh, good stuff. Well, we're gonna move on in the spirit of Halloween. No pun intended, everybody. To father son free for all round two. We're gonna move on to round two in Ashton. This is where we're gonna talk about Halloween inspired athlete names so ashton you got it up on the screen there yep your bronze medal there we go uh so ashton who's your bronze medal for halloween inspired athlete names my bronze medal for halloween inspired athlete names is randy wolf randy where wolf wow uh tell tell the fans at home a, a little bit more about randy wolf Randy Wolf is a uh, pitcher for, uh, hmm. Well, you got a lot to choose from there, right? He yeah. played with the Phillies, uh, the Dodgers, where else? He played with the San Diego Parody. How do I say that? Yeah, the San Diego Padres, a, a team that's really rebounded after a few uh, turmoil years, and, and they're, they're great now. They're contenders. The Houston, the Houston Astros. Yeah. The the Dodgers again, and yeah. the Milwaukee Brewers, the Baltimore Orioles, and the Miami Marlins, and the last team is the Detroit Tigers. That's right, Ashton. In 2015. Uh, was his last call of duty with the Detroit Tigers. But Randy Wolf, I think I had him in the pool. Uh, some of my chums would uh, could uh, could talk about that. I didn't pick him in the first round. But uh, uh, Randy Wolf, now 44 years old, um, 133 Major League wins, Ashton, and 1,814 strikeouts. Good stuff. All right, it's now Dad's turn for my bronze medal for Halloween-inspired athlete names and i love this one because you know i i'm a bit of a throwback as it relates to uh baseball i, I really love the game and kind of the the yeah, the 80s the early 90s and so here's someone who i uh enjoyed watching over uh, my early introductions to to baseball as it were my bronze medal is bud black that's right because when when you when you trick or treat, it gets a little dark outside, right? Yeah. It's 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 black outside. So I thought this was kind of not a stretch. I think this was my bronze medal and a pretty good one, Bud Black, who's now actually a manager with the uh, Colorado uh, Rockies, Ashton. Um, so he had a record of one hundred and twenty-one wins, one hundred and sixteen losses. His last. Major League Baseball game was uh, July of 95 when he pitched for the Cleveland Indians. But, um, you know, he's a two-time World Series champion in 85 and then 2002. And did you know, Ashton, that Bud Black was the NL Manager of the Year in 2010? I did not know that. Well, there you go. So Bud Black is my bronze medalist. Ashton, over to you with your silver medal. My silver medal 
for Halloween-inspired athlete names is Spud Webb. Nothing short of amazing about that one. Um, Spud Webb, and I guess Webb, right? Because, you know, spiders and that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. So so good job, man. Good job on that one. Tell, tell the fans at home a bit more about Spud Webb, basketball player. So Spud Webb was born in July 13th, 1965, and he was born in Dallas, Texas. And um, his high school that he went to is Wilmer Hutchins in Dallas, Texas. And the college he went to was Midland College. Now, talk about, you know, we always talked about this, height doesn't measure heart. But tell the fans at home how uh, big or not so big uh, in height uh, Spud Webb was. Um, his listed height is five foot seven. Think about that, Ashton. Five foot seven, playing against some of these beasts, all these uh, tall structures, right? Playing basketball, and these guys are like six five, six six, etc. And of course, Taco Fall. Yep. Can you imagine if Taco Fall and Spud Webb were sort of taking a picture together? <laughs> I don't think you would able, even be able to see um, Spud in the shot. <laughs> well, maybe if they're side by side. But Spud Webb, good job. Halloween-inspired uh, athlete names is your silver medal. Uh, good stuff. Well, now it's it's Dad's turn. And um, Ashton, what's the f- most favorite thing? I mean, pre-COVID, I guess. What's the most favorite thing you would enjoy about Halloween? I mean, I would love to go, like, trick-or-treating and um, when I get home, counting how much candy I have. Well, for sure. Um, And that's a nice segue, Ashton. You're getting great at these segues. My silver medal for Halloween-inspired athlete names is the Candyman, John Candelaria. Great pitcher. Uh, He was a lefty. Uh, as I recall, for the uh, Pittsburgh uh, Pirates. He made his debut with the Pirates, and uh, he won 177 games, Ashton, in the major leagues, and he struck out almost 1,700, but um, well-traveled pitcher, the Candyman, John Candelaria, who was an all-star in 1977, a World Series champion in 79, and he pitched a no-hitter, John Candelaria, in August of 1976, he is my silver medal. Ashton, over to you for your unveiling of your gold medal. My gold medal for Halloween-inspired athlete names is Boo Weekly. You scared me there. What's, <laughs> what did you just say? Who's your gold medalist there? Boo Weekly. Boo Weekly. And tell the fans at home about your gold medalist here, Boo Weekly. His full name is Thomas Brent Weekly. His nickname is Boo. He was born in Milton, Florida, and his height is six feet. Well, yeah, and then he's also, we need to let the listeners know that he's actually a professional golfer on the on the PGA Tour, right? Mm-hmm. And um, master, he has three PGA Tour wins. And he actually placed 20th at the Masters in 2008. So great job by Boo Weekly. And nothing scary about that at all. This man is an accomplished golfer. Good job, Ashton. 
All right, over to Dad to close our uh, father-son free-for-all segment. And I picked this one especially because we know we've got uh, the father-son sports uh, football uh, duo of uh, Neil and Jesse Lumsden coming up on the show. Uh, I picked this one uh, just because I was thinking about all the great accomplishments that Neil had. My Halloween-inspired gold medalist for Halloween-inspired athlete names is the great Warren Moon. That's right. You trick-or-treat during the moon, right? Mm -hmm. When the moon is out, it could be a full moon. I believe, actually, I've heard in some reports that Saturday, Halloween uh, night, will be a full moon. But um, Warren Moon, of course, such an accomplished um, football quarterback. He played 23 seasons. He actually played with our special guest, um, with our special guest, Neil Lumsden, Lumsden would have caught some of his passes or, or, or some of his uh, handovers as well uh, as a fullback and, and a running back. But Warren Moon, um, now age 63. Wow, time flies, Ash, and hard to believe. He played for all those great Edmonton Eskimos teams, that dynasty that uh, Neil Lumsden was part of and contributed to. But Warren Moon, Houston Oilers, went on to the NFL. He played with the Minnesota Vikings, Seattle Seahawks, where, in fact, Jesse had played. Jesse Lumsden played in the NFL with the Seahawks and then the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Warren Moon is my gold medalist for um, Halloween-inspired athlete names. Great stuff. Ashton, you're going to take us to break on episode 14. This ends our father-son free-for-all segment. More father-son fun talk coming up. You're listening to the Champs and Chums podcast. Welcome back to Champs and Chums. And Ashton, it's now time for a next edition of our Best Of segment. For our listeners at home, uh, you know that October is a very special month for us. It's our one-year anniversary of our show, our monthly podcast, and we are so honored to be celebrating our milestone with two very special guests. Hey, Ashton, I got two questions for you, my man. Are you ready to go long on episode 14? Sure am. All right. Are you ready to take it to the house on Champs and Chums? Yeah. All right. Well, our very special guests are among the most accomplished father-son duos in Canadian sports history. Father is a CFL Hall of Famer, hoisting four Grey Cups over a star-playing career with the Edmonton Eskimos, Toronto Argonauts, and as a player and a winning general manager of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. His passion and prowess for football and athletics saw him at the helm of high-profile sport leadership roles at the collegiate, professional, and international level. His list of accomplishments are deep and decorated, a member of five Hall of Fames, multiple collegiate records, MVPs, and all-star honors. Our special guest was a national broadcaster and also starred with his daughter Kristen on CTV's The Amazing Race Canada. Son was among the most celebrated Canadian-born football athletes of his generation, smashing tackles and records at high school, collegiate, and pro level. A first-round CFL selection, he starred for the Hamilton Tiger Cats, Edmonton Eskimos, Calgary Stampeders, and holds NFL experience with the Seattle Seahawks and Washington Redskins. Our special guest put his signature on powerful sport performances and pursued his multi-sport dream to compete on the world and Olympic stage. 
a world-class bobsledder, he proudly represented Team Canada in three Olympic Games. And just like Father Ashton, Sun also blazed a trail as a national broadcaster and starred on the Canadian television series Man Tracker. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm pleased to be joined by an amazing father-son sports duo, Neil Lumsden and Jesse Lumsden. Neil and Jesse, welcome to Champs and Chums. Well, thanks for having us. This is awesome. Yeah, it's a pleasure. It's um, uh, I didn't when you're reading all that, I wasn't sure who you were talking about. Was it us? <laughs> oh, else? absolutely, absolutely. Holy smokes! Yeah, some some real <laughs> real treat for Ashton and I. We're so delighted that you've made time for us on this anniversary episode of Champs and Chums. And uh, boy, what a resume of accomplishments! And uh, we're going to get into that um, uh, right away. And uh, for sure, um, Champs and Chums is all about father son fun talk about sports life and friendship, guys. And uh, we feel like uh, we've we've gone right to the house on this one. So thanks for your time. Okay, well let's uh, get right into it and kick off our great father son chat. And and Neil, we'll start with you. I mean. Uh, just at the outset, in, in the introducing uh, you, uh, your resume of accomplishments are long and deep. I uh, wonder if you can share with the listeners and thinking about your, your career, um, what were some of the personal career highlights uh, in sports for you? Well, that's a great question, and I, and I don't know, and um, in, in reflection, and, I, and it's great to join both you, Anthony, and, and Ashton, because it's a uh, Father and son, uh, that connection is so very important in so many different ways, sport, outside of sport, uh, relationships and growth. It's, uh, it's great that you see, you, to see you do this with Ashton. And uh, Ashton, as you get older, you'll, you'll get more of a lead on, on the podcast. So your time will come. Don't worry. Um, I, I, you know, it's, it's hard to just pick one or two things. I, I have so many wonderful memories. Uh, and as strange as this may sound, some of the toughest times are still great memories because the tough times led me to something else or helped develop me uh, mentally and physically. So uh, I, I think that one of the things I've been very, very fortunate to have is great leadership as an athlete. Uh, my high school coach, uh, Clark Pulford, my university coach, a dear friend, still Don Gilbert, uh, when I was in Edmonton. Head coach Hugh Campbell, uh, offensive coordinator Joe Farragelli, uh, and and there are others in that group. And, and my dad told me a long time ago, a long time ago, he said, if you keep going in sports, you're going to have coaches that you're not going to like, and then you're going to have coaches you're going to really like. But don't forget, even the coaches you don't like, you can learn something from them. And no truer words were spoken. So I tried to get as much out of every situation as I could, but I would say the leadership again, starting with my dad in and around sports, but directly in sports was, were those guys. And uh, I think it helped mold me and shape me in many ways. I still reference and, and talk about things that I learned uh, as a result of being in and around the environments they created, be it high school, university, or pro. And then, uh, yeah, I, I would say that coming out of the gate helped mold so many things and created opportunities for me to do other things because of that relationship and the growth that I had under those men. That's amazing. And, uh, you know, I, I heard you talk ab about uh, the tough times, you know, and we, we, we talk about that on, on Champs and Chums. I mean, 
you know, sports is so much a, a, about the process and uh, getting to it. Um, and so the wins um, are, are, are amazing, but um, sometimes in those moments, for sure, and I know both of you have uh, such a decorated career, there's a lot where it's tough and, and you grind through it. And it was so great to hear you talk about some of those names. You know, it brought me back, uh, Neil, I'm in my late 40s, and uh, to hear uh, Hugh Campbell and Joe Farageli and you being a big part of that uh, dynasty team uh, for Edmonton your last six seasons uh, was just amazing to hear. Well, we'll turn the uh, the conversation over to Sun now. And Jesse, uh, you yourself, uh, just an illustrious career, multi-sport athlete, would love for you to share for our, our listeners and our fans uh, maybe what some of your uh, personal highlights were in sports. Uh, you know, the leadership, again, I, I was fortunate to have uh, some some pretty good leadership as, as a kid growing up who wanted to play uh, sports at a high level and really focus on football. But, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't have the opportunity to, uh, you know, win an Olympic medal or win championships. But at the end of the day, one thing that one of my teammates told me, it's you'll always, you know, you won't always remember the score, but you'll remember the people you played with. Um, It was actually Mike Morielli that, that, that shared that with me uh, in my rookie year. Um, and we weren't winning a lot of games in Hamilton that year. So it's whether he was just trying to make me feel better, but it's, um, <laughs> yeah. it, it was a pretty true statement. And then, you know, some of my best friends still to the day are, are people that I, uh, you know, played football with in high school and college. And they're some of the closest people because you forge a, a pretty um, special bond with people when you are put into positions where you have to not only work together but work through tough situations and build resiliency together and um it's the yeah it's the people that really made it really special for me and um you know like my dad said uh with the leadership and the the coaches and he played with some pretty special players and uh you know i feel very fortunate to um uh, have done the same thing both in in both sports well, that's amazing, and uh, you know you're, you're so right. Uh, you know the friendships and the camaraderie. So we're going to get to that a little bit later in our great chat here with uh, with you both. Uh, but boy, oh boy, uh, one only has to uh, to Google your name, Jesse, and uh, you are a human highlight reel in so many ways. Uh, your explosiveness, you know, as a runner, and uh, you know, um, just so tough and, and, and played the game so hard. Uh, I was looking at a video uh, of you in that 75-yard run back against Winnipeg. I mean, just uh, just amazing what you did on the field and great insights from you there. Wanted to uh, shift gears and, and talk to you both uh, about uh, family and fatherhood. You know, this podcast is uh, sports, life, and friendship, as I talked about. Um, Neil, well, how about we start with you? I'd love to uh, hear your first experiences, if you can share with the listeners, on becoming a dad to Jesse and Kristen and the importance of family and fatherhood to you. Well, um, we haven't got all that. We haven't got enough time for me to cover all the things about Jesse and Kristen. That Jesse was born, <laughs> or, uh, interestingly enough, during the season, um, and he was. Uh, it was a long delivery. And his mom, Donna, my wife, uh, was in labor for quite a while. So we, we often walked the halls. So I was away from practice and everyone understood. And uh, Jess was born on August 3rd. And I used, funnily enough, because I was going to be in the hospital, I had just gotten a new pair of turf shoes. And I figured, okay, well, I might as well get them on my feet 
and wore, uh, and wear them in and get some heat in the shoe to help okay. break those shoes in because we were walking the halls trying to have Jesse come out. And that's the only time in his life he's ever been slow. Um, <laughs> Uh, and, uh, and, and thank God he came out and, um, as Kristen did it almost two years later, I, I think, um, you know, I, I look at what we were, it's tough to compartmentalize any of this because there's so much that has happened and gone on. And I guess, um, proudest moments, <clears throat> That there is, um, you know, as a fan of my son and trying to, to be a fan and be a father separately, uh, there, there are some crazy times. Uh, I think one of the, the proudest and cutest is when they both, we were living in Ottawa and I was coaching with a longtime organization by the name of Myers Riders, very successful in rep football. And I was coaching, I think, a, a mosquito team of 12-year-olds or 10-year-olds or whatever it was. It really was my first experience in coaching. And both <clears throat> Jess and Kristen wanted, suggested they wanted to play, and they had a, um, a tight team that they just started, and I'm not sure if it was seven-man Jess or whatever it was, but I, I, I felt it was okay for them to play because, number one, they were practicing close by me at the same time so I could make sure that the coaching was done properly and that my, my kids and other kids were taken care of. And coach probably, but in one game where, and I've, 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 I haven't got the picture of it, but I've got a picture after it where Kristen was on, was blocking for Jesse and uh, made a block and Jesse took off as he's done many times and got in the end zone. And we were kind of, Donna and I looked at each other going, well, holy crow, how, how long is this going to last? Yeah. Um, and I think just my first experience of seeing both my kids at the same time uh, succeed in something that was all about fun. Uh, but at the time for them, it was monumental because it was an accomplishment in something new for them. And then, uh, you know, in, in many ways, having seen Jess play as many times as I have, uh, I, I can't tell you how many times I've been awestruck by some of the things that he has done. Uh, w one of them quickly was <clears throat> I used to do some radio with C CJOB in Winnipeg when they would travel. Bob Irving and I worked together at uh, CFN, the Canadian Football Network. I was the color guy and he was Dave Hodge and, and Bob Irving were the play-by-play -play and they split the, you know, the games in half as we all did. And Bob, um, and so when that, my career was over in that, Bob continued to work in CJOB in Hamilton or in Winnipeg for the longest time as sports editor and all that sort of stuff when he'd go on the road he'd get friends to do color so i whenever he was in toronto or hamilton he'd call me up and say hey, look you want to do the game with me and i love doing it It was a great fun well jesse uh happened to play the winnipeg blue bombers on his birthday in hamilton and i was doing the color and i believe just you can correct me if it wasn't the first play it might have been the second play uh jesse takes it about 60 yards i think it's left side a bit of a stretch short side stretch play and, and away he goes, runs away from everybody. It was crazy. And I knew at that point I was going to have to stay somewhat professional yeah. because I am, they are hearing me in Winnipeg. But you're a dad. About, yeah, but you're a yeah, dad. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, and, and Jesse went on to have just a spectacular day. I'm sure it was, if it wasn't 200 yards, it was damn close, and he had a bunch of long runs. 
And Bob Irving looked to me at middle or end of the third quarter, early fourth quarter, and said, okay, you can stop being a play-by-play or a color guy now. What do you think of your son? And I just went, oh, my God, are you kidding me? On his birthday and kicking your butt? You know, like it was just uh, – it was great fun. So I've got a lot of those kind of memories in different sh- shapes and forms uh, when I wasn't on somebody's airwaves. Um, but there are lots of them. Anthony, I can't uh, – Oh yeah. I'm lucky. I'm, I'm lucky that I don't, I can't, I we haven't got time for me to name all the stuff that I makes me so proud. Well, that's a golden story on its own there. The great, uh, great story of father and son there. And let's turn it to, to, to son, Jesse, uh, uh, Jesse, can you share with the listeners your first experiences becoming a dad? I mean, you've got a young fl- family, uh, a dad to uh, yeah. Florence, who's, uh, I think just two and then Rowan, who's I think only 10 months, your boy. Uh, can you talk about your first experiences becoming a dad and, and the importance of family and fatherhood to you? Sure. Yeah. It, um, it was, it was was pretty special. The timing of it, you know, uh, it wasn't, it was the season, it was pre-Olympic season. So it was, uh, May of 2017 when, uh, my daughter Florence was born, uh, which is right at the start of uh, our off season, essentially. And I thought it was, I was really excited about the fact that, um, you know, one thing I was always envious of, and, and my, my dad had this, got to experience this is, um, you know, I played with a bunch of guys who had kids who were able to come, you know, watch their dads play. And, uh, you know, they would be in the locker room and they had the jerseys and all that sort of stuff. And I have vague memories of being in the locker room, the Eskimo locker room, um, back when my dad was playing. And I always thought that was really cool. So the fact that, and Florence will never remember it, um, but the fact that she was able to, uh, and, and, you know, my partner, Helen, and, and, um, she was broadcasting, so very eerily similar situation to the story that you just heard. But um, she was broadcasting for CBC at the Olympics for bobsleigh, and we had some help over there. But Florence quickly be- became the fan favorite in, in Korea, not only on the CBC team, <laughs> yeah. but with all the Korean volunteers because, um, you know, Helen's mom was carting Florence around, and, um, and she was getting access to the – the, the, the media centers and you know people like you know Mark Connolly and who who's a longtime football fan and, and and I think did some broadcasting with my dad and was doing it with Helen but also um, Craig McMorris and the panel all got to know Florence pretty well so and then got to be at the races as well so I thought that was very very special um, but I feel very fortunate that both Helen and I have come from you know um, you know very good family environments where it's very, you know, encouraging and uh, good people, most importantly, and, and, you know, a lot of love. So, you know, we have a lot of, uh, we will hope to just continue to pass that on to, to our kids. And yeah, Florence at three well three and a half now and, and Rowan at 10 months. It's definitely a full household, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You're, you're a busy man. And those kids got some great genes, Jesse, with uh, you and you and Helen as well, too. Uh, um, our, my chum, Ashton, uh, Neil and Jesse, has a question for you. Actually, you have a question for Jesse. Go ahead, Ashton. Jesse, what are some of the greatest wor- um, lessons and advice you've got from your dad? That's a good one. Um you know, I've always felt fortunate that my dad was always there for me if I needed him. Um, he was never pushy in regards to how he wanted to be involved. And I always felt that it was one of those things that if I had a question, he was there. Um, 
in regards to sage advice, you know, there's been a lot of times, but, you know, one of the big things is being able to being the first guy, being the first guy there and the last guy to leave, it gives you a significant advantage over your competitors. And, and, and that really goes, when you look at it, it's more in regards to preparation and, and being as prepared as you possibly can and, and setting a precedence for not only your teammates, but the rest of your team and setting a good example is that if you're going to do something, it's worth doing it um, with your full attention and your full effort. So um, that was one thing that, uh, you know, and it, I, it was reminded to me um, before going down to Washington, uh, which actually was a, which was a big help. And it, and it definitely helped me stand out, um, you know, among, among the group there it was, when I was training, I trained hard. I, I dedicated a lot of my time and energy and being 100% focused on that. And I made sure that I did the extra work uh, prior to our team workouts and the extra work that needed to be done afterwards as well, which allowed me to be the first guy there and the last guy to leave every day. Putting in the work. We talk a lot about that on Champs and Chums. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, you're listening to episode 14 of the Champs and Chums podcast. This is our best of segment with Canadian football superstars Neil Lumsden, and Jesse Lumsden and uh, uh, Neil a question for you uh, to start uh, for both of you actually um, you know we talked a little bit in uh, at the outset of our interview about uh, sports and camaraderie uh, you know that time in the locker room with uh, with the athletes and the great people I, I heard you say in our great chat thus far um, questions for uh, to, for Neil to start do you miss professional sports and uh, maybe talk a, a bit about uh, what what the camaraderie was like as you as you played uh, um, in such an illustrious career well there's nothing like it um, there's no there's nothing that can compare to it Uh for for so many reasons there's a there's sharing that goes on in situations both in fun and sort of middle of the road and then intensity intense situations that you can't get in in typically in in typical jobs and and gross situations and when you have that environment that fosters and encourages excellence and winning and I mean, to me, that was one of the, I had experienced that a little bit, a little bit in high school in retrospect, certainly in university at the University of Ottawa with Don Gilbert, who was uh, just, you know, we won a national championship with him. And he, I mean, he said when he first met me and my folks, he said in four years, we'll win a Vanier Cup. And we did. I mean, he he knew what he had to do and he need, and he knew what he needed to accomplish that with respect to players and then the environment. And then, you know, my first couple of years in pro where it's in, in typical fashion, you're feeling your way first year, the first year, second year, you start to get a bit of a voice and realize this isn't, this isn't what it used to be. This isn't right. And then getting a chance was traded to Edmonton, which was the greatest move professionally, at least from an athlete perspective. And I realized that, boy, this reminds me of where I've been. It reminds me of how it reinforces how I think. And then everything that comes after that, even the bad was special. And as, as Jesse said, and he, he's so right that, you know, after great cups, after winning championships, it's, that's not what it's about. It's about who you do it with. Uh, you, you don't talk about the scores. You don't talk about who had what rushing. You talk about everything else. Um, you know, when, when I connect with longtime friends 
from Edmonton or even university, which I do at the University of Ottawa, they, you know, they very quickly say, how's your family? We talk about our families. We don't talk about, well, you remember in the Vanier Cup, it was cold in Toronto and we played cup. None of that, none of that comes up with us. It's brought up by lots of other people, but not by the group that experienced it because it's, you kind of, you look at one another and you, that confidence and that understanding that, you know, and when you, and, it, and that's the same feeling I had as a player out there. When you looked at one another in a pregame in a meeting, there's a, there's an understanding and a, a knowing, if you will, uh, that I was fortunate enough to be around and that continues on. That's why we don't have to talk about, we don't have to reminisce and bring up what we accomplished. We know what we did. We know how good we were. And so we just talk about what's really important and that's family and friends and stuff going on in your golf game and you're still riding a bike and you're doing this and that. So, um, I miss that part of it, but at the same time, having become a dad and then your the next challenges are, is, I mean, the best job in the world to be a dad. Uh, everything else comes after that. Oh, absolutely. Great stuff. And, and Jesse, how about yourself? Uh, you know, that whole idea of sports and camaraderie, camaraderie how it uh, built in for you. And uh, do you still miss uh, professional sports, uh, as it were? Uh, I miss competing. I am, I am competitive. I do miss the race day and game day side of it. Um, and I, I definitely miss, you know, being around the team and, and working towards that common goal. Um, it's important for all athletes to figure out how to be able to transition that into something else afterwards. And I, I'm pretty fortunate that I'm in that position now, um, you know, in my, not only as a, as a father in my family, uh, but in another career and, but it is definitely, it's never as good as sport because I mean, it's, you grow up playing sports as a hobby and as a recreation to be fortunate enough to get paid to do that is, you know, you're extending your childhood for as long as you can. And I, I was fortunate enough. I, I was, I didn't really think about it, but I, I, I competed at a high level sport for almost 20 years and not many people get to, to, to say they got to do that. I started, you know, I st- really started my adult life career in my mid thirties. So to spend, <coughs> pardon me, hopefully over a third of my life, um, you know, playing kids games as a, as a, you know, as a job is, um, you know, it's pretty, pretty special. I feel pretty lucky to be, to have been able to do that. Great stuff. And, uh, we got uh, so many other questions, but we do uh, respect both of your time. So, Ashton, why don't you? Uh, you've got a question question for Jesse. Jesse, what um, are some of your favorite activities you like to do with Florence and Rowan? It can be indoors or outdoors. That's a good question, and uh, you know, given the 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 beautiful uh, fall weather speak of the devil who's coming in the room to say hello. Yeah. Okay, uh, great. Um, <laughs> we were, we went, we went to Bogany yesterday, which was a lot of fun. Um, we often get a chance to, when the warm, weather's a bit warmer, we go on hikes together as a whole family. So with Rowan and, and uh, Florence uh, and, and Helen and I, we, to, this year we hiked uh, a mountain called Hawling in Canmore all as a family which was very, very exciting. It was a, about a 14-kilometer round-trip uh, hike, 
um, up to the top of a very, very cool um, summit. And we got to see the whole Valley of Canmore, which was very cool. Uh, you know, but we're still discovering, the kids are still very, very young. So we're still discovering what we like to do together. Uh, but definitely being outside is a big part of it. Good stuff. Neil and, uh, Neil and Jesse, who are your favorite athletes of all time and why? Yeah, why don't we start with Neil on that one first? Great question, Ashton. Yeah, great question. That is a great question. And, um, uh, I, I'm going to give you the obvious answer. Um, uh, Jesse, uh, I think that having, having, you know, we grow up with athletes and Ashton, I'm sure you, you have some and Anthony, you had yours and I'm sure Jess, I know Jesse had the ones that he looked up to, but when it's, you know, when I've, I've had the opportunity to have a few more laps on me than the, the three of you. And so I've come full circle. It's not, a, it's not, hasn't been about the guys I looked up to or the gals that I looked up to as, as young adult and aspired to be like, it's, it's more now about reflection and say, who did I really like to watch and who awed me? And it's Jesse. And it's really simple. It's of all the great, certainly in football players or hockey that I've seen over the years, um, the things that he has done in the two sports, he's, he really is a generational athlete um, at the highest level. And um, uh, it's, it's a real simple answer from that. It's, you know, I'd, I'd say Jesse and I'll throw Wayne Gretzky in there because of all our time at Edmonton and, and the things we watched him do both at practice and during games. So yeah, I'd, I'll, I'll give Jesse number one. I'm sorry two two great ones for sure. Uh, Jesse, who are your favorite athletes of all time and why? That's a good question. Favorite athletes. I mean, I definitely looked up to my dad when I was growing up and, you know, with all of his teammates, what they were able to do, which was very cool in regards to favorite athletes now. And, and, and his, historically, I feel very you know lucky to be uh, the mother of our children, Helen, who is a trailblazer in, in women's bobsleigh, which is very cool. Yeah. Um, and then aside from that, probably one of my favorite athletes to watch as, as, as a kid. And then looking back uh, at the, what they were able to do. And it was kind of an, you know, the, an inspiration being able to do two sports with a guy like Bo Jackson, who was a very, very talented football player and baseball player. And if it wasn't for injuries, probably would be a dual Hall of Famer as well. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that, he's, that he was, and he was part of the, the pro stars with, you know, serial and cartoon back in the late 80s, early 90s with Wayne Gretzky and Michael Jordan. So pretty good trio. Absolutely. Great stuff. Uh, just a couple more questions for you both. This has been just an amazing anniversary chat already with uh, two uh, Canadian football superstars. Um, uh, we, we touched on it a little earlier, but would love to put a, a little bit of a signature on it in terms of, you know, champs and chums. We talk a, a lot about sports as a real catalyst to key life values, you know, the importance of teamwork and mentorship and competition. I mean, both of you are are you know certified uh, in 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 all of those areas? Would love to hear it from an athlete perspective. So Neil, what, what, how about we start with you? I found it interesting over the years in business and and certainly in the in the, my last stint um, before I sort of semi retired with Brock as director of athletics and performance and and sport med was that <clears throat> people there are, there are groups out there when you get in in corporate the corporate world that 
ex-athletes like to use phraseologies and references to sports. And, and I found out early that it was something that would get people to roll their eyes. Um, but in, in, in retrospect, over time, there are those that understood that it wasn't about having played a sport. It was about what you learned playing the sport and how important teamwork is. And I think, unfortunately, the, the many times that I heard ex-athletes talk about it's, you know, it's teamwork, it's this and that, that when the eyes would roll. But as time changed, at least in the environment I was in, people started to understand and I think it's about, it's not what you say, it's how you say it and everything, that this was a way of doing things. It wasn't the fact that you were doing it. And that when you can bring people together, it's a powerful thing. And it's it's teamwork. It isn't a, Teamwork applies to things other than sport. Um, but everyone immediately thinks about, oh, well, you know, a football player or hockey player, and they think that's, you know, life's all about a group of guys. Well, Yes, it is. It's guys and gals that want to get on the same page and accomplish something and are willing to work harder than anybody else to get there. And when you put it in those terms, people then start to understand this isn't about having played football. This isn't about, uh, you know, referencing superstars. This is a, it's a way of life. It's a way you look at things. It's the way you prepare and how you think and how you respect people. And bring the best out of people. That's what that's about. And I've been lucky over the years to be around those kinds of people and have had the ability to want to accomplish and have accomplished great things in anything that we've been part of. And and that to me is uh, probably the biggest thing. Amazing. And uh, from father to son, Jesse, uh, some words on you um, for, about, uh, you know, teamwork, mentorship and competition. Uh, I think, you know, all of those things are very, very important uh, in all areas, you know, and development stages of, of a person's life. And I think sport definitely helps to build those skills and, and learn about those skills, but you don't need sport to do it. I think the important thing is, is, you know, understanding that uh, it's important to have, if you're as an individual, a goal set and something to work towards or a common goal amongst a team, understanding that it's going to, to accomplish that goal. It's going to be hard. There's going to be things that get in the way. And that's really where development happens. Um, one of my favorite quotes is uh, the impediment to action uh, advances action. No, sorry. Yeah, the impediment to action advances action. What stands in the way becomes the way. So there's going to be roadblocks in front of you and how you figure out there's really no, if, if there's something beyond that roadblock that, that you want to get to, you have to figure out how to get through it, get around it, get over it. Um, and that's really where the, the skills and, and then the development and the resiliency gets built uh, is, is through those harder times. Um, you know, it's not, you, you go through the hard times so you can enjoy the good times really what it is what it comes down to. And then that's in sport and life, whether you're, you know, a teacher or a politician or a business person, a doctor, there's, there's things that you're, there's core things that you're going to need and, and people in all, you know, Titans in all industries um, have a very, very similar roadmap. Uh, and there's maybe 1% of them that, ha that that roadmap is quite smooth. 
all of them have hard times. All of them had good times. All of them have times that challenge them and, and people challenge them. And, and that's really what made and how they got through that um, to get to where they got to now is, you know, is what makes them who they are. Outstanding. Um, this is our last question. And Ashton, you get the last question here on this uh, wonderful best of segment. So I have a question for both of you, but I'm going to start off with Neil. So um, what advice do you have for young kids who want to be a pro athlete like you? That's a, Ashton, that's a really good question. And it's, it's interesting. I had talked to a, a pal of mine who has a radio show and has for years, uh, Roy Green, he's on CHML on the weekends and he has a national broadcast and he and I had a coffee a couple of weeks back and talking about how COVID and, and the environment we're in now has affected young people in sports. And then we just got off on another topic and, and we got, we ended up talking about what, what's the best thing for people, not necessarily if, Ashton, if you want to get to become a pro, but if you want to be good at something, when you make a decision, whatever that sport is, um, I think parents that focus their kid in on one sport, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, and, and let's, we're in Canada, let's talk about hockey where, you know, uh, they get them in, they get them in lifting weights, they, at the age of 10 or 12, and they're in camps all the time, improve skiing, that's all they do. And again, I'm going to hearken back to something my dad told me uh, and something I did just by the nature, I think, of when I grew up was the time I grew up in is that play a lot of sports, uh, become a good athlete, uh, because every sport develops you in a, in a different way, mentally and physically. And uh, I had said that to Jess as well. And, there's, uh, and I'm not going to answer the question for him, but for me, it was. You know, I didn't play football till I was, I think, in grade nine or grade 10. I played soccer. I played rugby. I played cricket. I played softball, uh, certainly hockey. Uh, you know, I played them all. And they all prepared me in, a, in a, some larger than others to when I got to football and made a decision that that was going to be my sport. And I really didn't do that till university. I went all through high school. And at that, at that time, you could play high school football. Your season would be over, and then it could. For me, it was rolled into hockey season, and after hockey season was over, you rule into you rolled into rugby, and you sometimes, if you're lucky enough, could run track at the same time. So I was four sports in high school, um, and then did other things. And I think the better rounded you are in playing multiple sports allows you to be better prepared if and when you make a decision that it's football or hockey. And I, and I am not a fan of, you know, having kids, young adults do nothing but one sport. And I, I think they get bored. I think they get tired of it. Uh, the fun is out of it based on the approach, not all the time, but some of the time. Um, and I just believe in, uh, I mean, look, Jesse transitioned into a world-class and, and a, you know, the best in the world, uh, Brakeman for a number of years, uh, probably because of who he is mindset wise and physically the trans the translated from one to the other very well. Um, you know, I think his partner, Helen ran track. Uh, didn't she just, she was a, a track athlete, a triple, tri triple jumper at university of Texas, Austin. Tri yeah. Oh. I mean, 
she, she goes from that to being a silver medalist uh, as a pilot uh, in bobsleigh. So it, um, I'm a big believer in that and the, all the preparation in the multi-level sports and, and your exposure to different things in sport make that final decision easier and you're better prepared. Jesse, what uh, advice do you have for young kids who want to be um, a pro athlete like you? Uh, I think playing off of, of what my dad said, and, and I truly believe the same thing, that, um, you know, do a lot of stuff, play a lot of sports, you know, go and experience uh, what it's like to be around, uh, you know, good athletes in different sports, because, you know, a lot of the things are very similar in how you prepare, but you, it requires different ways of thinking, requires different muscles and energy systems and um, you know, that again, being a, a great all rounded athlete, they, they're on NFL, um, uh, the NFL pregame show, um, today they're highlighting Russell Wilson and Ky- Tyler Murray, I think his name is the quarterback. Yeah, that's right. Cardinals. Quarterback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and both of them were top notch collegiate baseball players. Both of them were, both of them are technically too short air quotes uh, to play quarterback in the NFL. But the fact that I think gives what gives them a significant advantage is that they're not just a quarterback. They're a outstanding athletes. Kyler Murray was drafted first overall in the MLB draft and the NFL draft as somebody who's under five, I think it's under five eleven. Um, so he, you know, to find the odds, but again, a, a great all rounded athlete, somebody who wanted to, uh, to, to be excellent and surround themselves with good people and got to, uh, you know, become better athletes. And if you can, can become a better athlete, you'll ultimately be a better football player or a better hockey player or a better tennis player. Um, because you have tools that you've gained from these other sports and these other coaches and these other teammates that some competitors won't have. I mean, Wayne Gretzky says the best. He's like, he couldn't wait. The greatest hockey player arguably of all time, you know, could not wait for hockey to be over so he could go play baseball as a kid. <laughs> and a- then you're, and, and so you, you can't tell me um, that being a hockey player through and through is the only way to become a professional hockey player. It's just not true. Yeah, it's uh, so so true, and uh, it's it's so amazing to uh, to end this uh, this segment on uh, such championship words. I mean, this interview has been championship in every way, and uh, it's been inspiring. It's it's real talk from um, you know from a father son duo who are so accomplished, uh, one of the most accomplished in Canadian sports history. So it's been a real pleasure. Neil and Jesse to have you on Champs and Chums and Ashton you've got some some words of thank you as well too for uh, for Neil and Jesse. Uh thank you for coming on the show. You've both had amazing careers in football and um you could probably teach me one day. <laughs> uh, and uh and it's it's just amazing that you can come on our show and uh, give us a bit of your time. And um, it was fun asking you questions. Well, Ashton, on the podcast. Yeah, it's been great. Um, uh, Ashton, it's been a lot of fun. You got great questions. And uh, Anthony, it's, uh, it's been a pleasure. This is uh, 
Anytime I can, as you are just experiencing now, anytime you can do something with one of your, your kids. And in this case, our sons, um, it's special. Uh, never lose sight of that. Absolutely. And, and I'll ask you, I'll, I'll, you know, great questions. And if this is something that you want to pursue and, you know, being involved in, in broadcasting and media and journalism, I think the biggest piece of advice that I could give you is that always be curious because that's what's going to separate you from, from other interviewers is that curiosity to learn about something. And I think that that's what really, you know, brings out great questions and great interviews when somebody is genuinely curious and you can tell that from, from how you, how you and uh, your dad spoke and, and, and asked questions in the interview. So great job guys. Oh, thank you. And outstanding. Uh, Ashton, you're going to take us to break on episode 14. This ends our father-son best of segment. More father-son fun talk coming up. You're listening to the Champs and Chums podcast. Father-son fun talk. You're listening to episode 14 of the Champs and Chums podcast. It's our anniversary episode. Happy October, everybody. Happy Halloween, eh, Ashton? Yep. Happy Halloween, and uh, it is now time for our All Pro Go segment. Our All Pro Go segment is a Did You Know Sports Spotlight. And Ashton, when we got chatting about this, you know, it's a Halloween-inspired uh, uh, month, of course. I thought it would be kind of neat, and actually, how ironic that we had Jesse Lumsden on, on the show, because he was a multi-sport athlete star, not only just in football, but in this sport as well, too. So Ashton... What, what is our uh, all-pro-go for episode 14? Uh, our all-pro-go for episode 14 is Skeleton. That's right. Skeleton, a form of bobsleigh. Well, you take it away, my friend. Tell us about the Skeleton. Skeleton is a winter gliding sliding, winter sliding sport in which a person rides a small sled, known as a skeleton bobsled or sleigh, down a frozen track while... Lying face down and head first, the sport and the sled may have been named from the bony appearance of the sled. Unlike the other sl- sliding sports of bobsleigh and and luge, the luge, you got luge, the race always involves single riders, the like bobsleigh. On. But unlike Luge, the race begins with a running start from the opening gate, the top of course. The skeletons, the skeleton sled is thinner and heavier than a a Luge sled, and skeleton affords the rider more control, making it safer than Luge. Skeleton is is the slowest of the three sliding sports as skeleton face as skeletons face down head first riding position is less ac- ac- yeah aerodynamic you got aerodynamic it. than lu- luge's face up feet first ride previously skeleton appeared in the olympic polygram program in saint more Moritz. St. Moritz, lovely St. Moritz, Switzerland. Yep. Switzerland in 1928 
and again in 1948. Great job, son. That is our all-pro goal for episode 14, uh, Skeleton. And you know, just looking at some of the other information here, they're saying that the sport of skeleton can be traced back to uh, 1882. That's a long time ago, Ashton, eh? Yeah. And then um, when the Winter Olympic Games were held at St. Moritz, Saint Moritz, Saint Moritz, I guess you could say, in 1928 and 1948, um, the program was included there as well, too. Um, so that is our episode 14, All Pro Go. It's Skeleton. Happy Halloween, everybody. You're listening to episode 14 of the Champs and Chums podcast. Welcome back to this anniversary episode, episode 14 of Champs and Chums. It's Anthony and Ashton in the broadcast chair, and uh, so glad that you're with us here on episode 14. And Ashton, it is now time for our signature segment. It is our Champs and Chums segment, where we salute our stars on and off the field. And boy, oh boy, it's been a great episode already, and uh, it's now time to uh to share our champs and chums for episode 14 so ashton you you share your champ and uh i'll share my champ and then you'll share your chum and then i'll share my chum ashton over to you with your champ for episode 14 my champ for episode 14 is jesse lumsden well and isn't it amazing that not only he is your champ but he was on the show episode 14 now why why is jesse lumsden your champ I mean, he he's uh, been good uh, since he has started. I mean, he's um, switched to multiple teams, and he's he's trying to improve his skills from those teams that he's been on. And I think that's, that makes him a great player. Well, he, he sure was a great player. And you, you can hear him on the interview just um, uh, earlier in the episode talk about how you know, he misses some of the professional sense of competition, but he always tries to push himself in things you do. It doesn't need to be just sports. It could be other things in life. And of course, he's got a beautiful family now. But, you know, I use the word to describe him. I mean, he was a human highlight reel. I mean, um, in terms of his speed and his strength, and he took all of that in playing in the CFL as a first rounder to the NFL Ashton. And then, of course, he played, uh, he competed as well in multi-sport at the World and Olympic stage in, in bobsleigh. So a uh, shout out to um, uh, Jesse Lumsden, a friend of the show now, Ashton, for uh, your champ of episode 14. All right. Well, um, what do they say, uh, Ashton? The, the, the nut doesn't fall far from the tree. There's that sort of a, a funny little analogy, but it's, it's actually in a great positive way because my champ, for episode 14 is Jesse's dad, Neil Lumsden. And uh, what a brilliant episode it was. And it was um, a real, it was a real great opportunity to be able to speak to someone that you grew up watching. I mean, uh, Neil Lumsden so accomplished 11 years in the CFL, a CFL Hall of Famer in 2014. He played for those dynasty teams that I watched growing up as a kid, Ashton, the Edmonton Eskimos. But it's for all the things that he talked about in our great chat with him about, um, you know, uh, how you can be great, 
what teamwork means, giving it your all. He talked a lot about, um, you know, there's tough times that you go through, but it, uh, it, 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 you learn from those things and you get better and you improve is the reason why I have selected the great Neil Lumsden as my champ for episode 14. Ashton, over to you for your chum of episode 14. My chum for episode 14 is Ashley Backus. Well, what a great selection that is. Here we are in episode 14. Um, why don't you talk uh, to, and tell the fans at home uh, why Ashley's your chum? Uh, she's kind to me. She always makes uh, sure I'm okay. She's a great baker. Oh, well, yeah, among the great things, because she is your cousin, right? Uh, she's a great baker, yeah. So has she made has she made things for you? or? Yeah, she has. Yeah, I, I seem to remember even during the pandemic. Was it cookies or was it cake or something that she had sort of it like... It was uh, a cookie and cream cake. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, it was delivered at a distance, yeah, very early in COVID. Um, but no, that's great, and it's so great to have uh, cousins. Uh, cousins that are a little older than you. Ashley's uh, uh, 13 now, and um, what are some of the fun things that you enjoy doing with Ashley? Um, I like going... I um, went to... I like um, seeing her. I like um, playing with her, and I like going places with her. What are some of the places that you went to? Ottawa, Niagara Falls, Disney, Blue Jay Games. Oh, wow, for sure. There's some really fun times in there. Well, I'm glad, and Ashley's a great mentor of yours there, too, and uh, she's a great part of the podcast, uh, helping us produce all the the um the great uh, sound that you hear uh, on champs and chums so shout out to ashley my niece as well too okay and my chum uh for episode 14 and i've known him for almost 14 years now um ashton is my chum tony maris tony and i go back of oh boy since what 2008 and uh, you've had the pleasure of of meeting tony before they were uh, neighbors of ours. He was a neighbor of mine. And, um, uh, you know, it's all the things that you, uh, pride in a chum is, uh, my reasons why I've selected Tony. Did you know that actually there's a, uh, sports connection, Ashton, between Tony and I? No. Yeah. Because, um, it would have been about three seasons. We'd have played ball hockey together and Tony beyond being a great guy, great listener, great chum, he was an amazing goaltender as well, too. I did not know that. Yeah, he had the, what do they call the tools of ignorance? He put the pads on, and he led us to the finals. And I remember that game very well, and he would as well, too. Uh, took us to the finals, and uh, we were short-staffed that, that game. And uh, your dad was out of breath. But uh, anyhow, long story short, uh, always great to, to catch up with, uh, with, with Tone. Uh, laughs, life, real talk, and uh, he was a he was a great celebrant of your dad's fortieth birthday too in Niagara Falls, right? Where we not were in a honeymoon suite. We saw the band Honeymoon Suite. So for all those great things, Tony, shout out to you, my chum of episode fourteen. Good stuff. Well, we got one more segment coming up, but you're listening to the anniversary edition of the Champs and Chums podcast. Welcome back to episode 14 on Champs and Chums. And Ashton, it is now time to say goodbye. But boy, what an amazing episode 14 it has been on our anniversary month. Yep, it has been an amazing show. 
Oh, it sure has. Uh, we want to say thanks to, uh, of course, uh, Canadian football superstars Neil Lumsden and Jesse Lumsden for uh, their just wisdom and words and real stories about uh, about championship moments. Uh, so it was great to have them on the show. Uh, we want to thank the Power Girls, right, Ashton? The Power Girls and Uncle Dennis? Yes, we want to thank them a lot. That's great. And um, Ashton, we also want to... Uh, cover, which I always do at this last segment, is asking you, what did you learn on episode 14 today? Or I, learned, I learned more about Canadian football. Oh yeah, that's right. I mean, your dad's always talked about his love for Canadian football. In fact, truth be told, I actually love the Canadian Football League more than the NFL, and you know that too. I love the Argos and, and stuff. I've got to get you to a game post-COVID. But yeah, you learned more about Canadian football with our with our best of uh, guests, for sure. What else? I learned more about teamwork. Yes, teamwork. Uh, and boy, they spoke about it in spades, how important it is. We've always talked on Champs and Chums about not only putting in the work, but being part of a great team and what that means. And that's anything for just sports life and friendship. So uh, good stuff there. And uh, what else? Was there anything else that you might have learned from episode 14? Yes, I learned more about scary sports logos. I got scared myself as well too, uh, as well too, eh? But yeah, those were some really freakish kind of logos and sports teams, but we had a great time and I'm sure so glad you did as well too. So tell all the fans at home where they can uh, subscribe and check us out. They can check us out at Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, um, I, uh, what is it? iHeartRadio, yep. Google Play, yep. Stitcher Radio, you got it. Tuned in, Podbean, Castbox, you got them all there. And uh, where can they check us out uh, on social? They can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Champs and Chums. All right, at Champs and Chums and ChampsandChums.com. Ashton, this is going to be our very biggest fist bump yeah that's right for episode 14 happy anniversary my man it's been a great show so thank you all for listening and as we always say ashton cheers Cheers to to champs champs, cheers to chums and cheers to an all-star day thanks for listening. listening